Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Bridge Farm Cafe, we always use Sarah Smith cloths. When I was at Brookfield, they only had those nasty blue and white ones. But these are a bit vintage, like our furniture. Fallon says I have to call our cakes vintage, not stale. Sarah Smith, for the posher washer. Age seven, I've just started listening to the archers. Dumpty 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 dum, dumpty dumpty dum dum, dumpty 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 dum, dumly dumly da, dumpty dumly dumpty dumly dumpty dumly da, dumpty 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 dum, dumpty dumly dum. Greetings to all dumpty dummers, Royfield, Lucy. And everyone involved with the show, listeners, lurkers, shirkers, whoever you are, it's Andrew Horn here. Um, it's been a wonderful year, I think, uh, to have such a uh, group of people making such erudite comments, not falling out, differences of views, but one big family without uh, resorting to food fights. Brilliant stuff. Um, roll on 2016 and the demise of Tichinob. Happy Christmas. This is Dumbly Dum, the show about the reality drama that centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands on the Christmas cracker that is Royfield Brown. And with me are the Christmas pudding that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our very Merry Christmas to all Dumbly Dummers is you. Now, Lucy. Yep. Before we start with the show, can we just applaud Chris Lois for his Christmas tale on the Best Best Bit show? Chris, that was awesome. All levels are fantastic. And thank you to everybody who's kind of like tweeted and have Facebooked and said how much they enjoyed that show. You know, you know, we put all the all the funny bits together, didn't we? Yes. All the good bits. So it only was quite short, wasn't it, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was long enough. It did the job. Do you job know what? I laughed it. all over again at did you? Doofus. Yes. Oh, shut up. <laughs> it was funny. Shush. Yeah. I had completely forgotten about Herbal Lay. I'd completely forgotten. Oh, I loved Herbal Lay. And I'd forgotten how good Mary Not Contrary's yes. voice was. <laughs> yes, it was good. Yes. Anyway, oh. lots of fun. And because 
of a bit of an editing oversight or an editing snafu, today's Dum Dee Dum is from Harry Clark, Chief Dum Dee Diddler. Yay! Because Harry and Hannah, Hannah, his mum, he should have been in the best of bits because I absolutely adored that Dum Dee Dum and somehow um, things got snafu'd. So we put you on this one. So well done, Harry Clark, age seven. And we've got some tip top Dum Dee Diddler news later on, don't you, Lucy? We do apparently (laughs) (laughs) news to me but yes (laughs) i'm sure we have (laughs) (laughs) but lucy before we get to the dumpty diddler news can you remind our wonderful wondrous growing each week band of dumpty dum listeners how that win the accolade of dumpty dum of the week Yes, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or take a picture of your genitals and then cover it with small silver stars. Mm. And why wouldn't you? It's Christmas. Then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices. Thank you. To Cosmo for his podcast roundups and thank to you. Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Who are you saying thank you, thank you to? I'm saying thank you to them. Oh, okay. You don't normally. No, um, don't. But it's, it's, it's like the Christmas, Christmas show. Okay, yes. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Thank you also to Derek for in the back bedroom. Not saying thank you to him. Okay. Uh, Derek has done all his Christmas cards and posted both of them. Uh, one to <laughs> Nigel Farage and one to Prince Philip. Uh, neither of them sent him one, but he did get one from Virgin Media saying, Dear Homeowner. So that's a 100% <laughs> increase in cards <laughs> over last Christmas. Well done, Derek. <laughs> His charm offensive I, is working. Less charm, I, more offensive, basically. But anyway. I got one Christmas card this year. Did you? Yeah, Only one? From you. From me. Yes, I got one. I got one. It's on my mantelpiece. Ah. Yeah, with my one birthday card. <laughs> <laughs> Which wasn't from me because I forgot. <laughs> on this week's episode, we have calls from Harry Clark, captain of the Dumpty Diddlers, Amy Gilbert, Andrew Horn, Catherine Bajan, Auntie Jean, and Nozilla, who bring Christmas greetings. Yokel Bear, who says it's the Rob show. Dusty Substances, who doesn't think it's going to be a happy Christmas. Moinus, who has a poem. Sarah Brown, who is waiting for Richard Locke to blow things apart. And we have a special angle on Ian, Charlie and Adam from Becky Black Books. But first, before all of that, it's Lucy Juicy Freeman and her week in Ambridge. Rob appeared to glory over the disaster that was going to be the wedding, but happily Ian wasn't going to let a little thing like infidelity and binding himself for life to a faithless, spineless, selfish burke stop him from pissing Rob right off by going ahead and getting married just to spite him. So Rob cheered himself up by telling Helen she was fat instead. It was the world's most half-hearted wedding. I know they wanted low-key, but honestly, I have had smear tests that had more of a party atmosphere. <laughs> Ian made his vows through gritted teeth. Charlie, after he realised no one was going to go berserk, arrive on a motorbike and carry him away, had half a volo von and left. Rob sulked. Jenny got pissed and remembered what she'd said last time she was pissed and who to. But thankfully, the whole thing was saved by Alice and Christopher, who were the life and soul of a party and just never stopped talking. Uh, Brian is getting quite antsy now about Lillian's continued presence at home farm. 
although his agitation could have been centred around whatever was making that humming noise during his conversation with Lillian over breakfast. Little rude of her to leave her appliance in while talking to Brian, but she's a busy woman. Anyway, there is no Mm -hmm. way she is going to leave home farm just before Christmas. Not when there is the exciting prospect of Jenny having half a Bailey's and describing Brian's sexual technique and bank account details in graphic detail. (laughs) Plus... She can't remember where she lives now. It's all got so confusing. Bert's living at the Archers. Docky Lockie's living at the Grundys. The Grundys are living at Caroline's. Kirsty's living at Roy's. Ambridge is full of people wandering around with all their belongings in suitcases, knocking on doors and saying, is it this one? You just pop to the shop, come back, and a different <laughs> family's moved in. Pip now seems to be keeping Rex, Toby, and Matthew on a running rotor system. Good for her. Jill sounded delighted that Romance was in the offing with Matthew, but then she'd be ecstatic if Pip settled down with Fred West rather than one of the Fairbrothers. Pip and Matthew went off to find a calf for the nativity. They were looking for one with the stage presence of a young Julie Christie coupled with the brooding intensity of Mark Rylance, along with a low likelihood of it crapping all the way up the aisle. Sheila was tasked with finding the nativity donkey. Being a thorough woman, she decided to do her research and Googled young donkey with star quality and spent the rest of her afternoon quite glued to her computer. After Alistair had come home and ruined the mood by shouting horse paintings, she pottered off to see Dr. Locke, who is going to have to invest in a couple of Rottweilers and some electrified fence to keep the woman out. He's tried hiding and pretending to be out when she comes round, but she just clambers over the fence and smashes a window. Anyway, <laughs> this visit prompted one of the most bizarre cuts I've ever heard in The Archers. One, one minute we were listening to Henry being a sheep, and the next second we cut to a scene where Richard was telling Shula a story about a top coming off and getting stuff all over him. Anyway, said Shula, fanning herself, <laughs> I want you to have a party as I was going to go to Carol Toboggan's, but it got cancelled as soon as they realised I was coming. So you have it instead, as now I have a gap in my diary, and I'll invite all the people I know. That'll be nice for you, won't it? What kind of universe does this happen in? Not one I live in, thank God. And now Adam and Ian have tied the knot. Charlie has kept true to his promise of not interfering and genuinely wishing them the best. Not. Does the phrase give up gracefully mean nothing to you, Charlie? He's hanging round the village, staring mournfully at Adam like a dog looking at a turkey drumstick and occasionally (laughs) sidling up to him saying, I meant it, you know, I meant it that I wanted you to be happy. I'm going to leave you alone now. Goodbye. That's it. I'm leaving. I'm going. Linda is decorating the house ready for little Mango when he comes down because one-year-olds love spiky poisonous berries. They just love them. And the calendars are done. Susan is showing something she shouldn't have done. Her pin number, her fillings. God knows. (laughs) I'm guessing nipple. Anyway, poor Linda is trying to cope with Nip Slips and Jean Harvey, who sounds a bigger tit than Susan is showing. Lillian told Jean she was a prima donna. Elizabeth agreed and Linda said, Did anyone ever wonder why she put herself through this every year? We all ask that every sodding year, Linda. Hootie Jill invited Elizabeth and all the lower Loxleys to Brooker's, as now we can have a proper family Christmas, she said tactlessly. Now we've got these invading people from other families out of the way, just people who are definitely archers. Not being funny, but we'll be taking blood tests at the door. (laughs) Meanwhile, you know, last week when I said David maybe might like to think about not making any massive decisions while Ruth was away? Mm. Like maybe not giving up the dairy and sacking his daughter? Why on earth make such a colossal decision four days before Christmas? Oh, well, hey-ho, let's hope Jill keeps him in enough of a carbohydrate coma to stop him before he decides the only sensible thing to do is sacrifice Josh to appease the gods of the new year. The end. Oh, I quite liked it this week. I think, you know, 
What do you think? I think this is stupid. Stupid. It is stupid. What you don't? Nobody makes any massive business decisions around Christmas. April is when you make big decisions because that's the end of the fucking excuse the language financial year. No, nope, you were. Why would you? Why would he suddenly decide after a year of um kind of emotion economic turmoil? Mm. Route B, selling the house, getting the money. Route da, 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 that you know the week before Christmas when his wife is on the other side of the world, he's co-manager. That is the time. He's suddenly going to decide to get out of dairy. All triggered by a family who are also giving up dairy, who, for all we know, could be completely incompetent financial managers. April is the time you decide. You don't even have your end of year figures at Christmas. Well, to be fair to David Archer, um, I'm going to I'm going to take this slight onto slight task with the fact you never make any important financial decisions just for Christmas. I'll have you know. Keys House Charity have decided to take me on for three months to do consultancy and, and marketing two days ago. Yay! So that's just before Christmas, and that's a big financial decision because it means that Christmas can now happen in the Brown household because Christmas <laughs> was being put on hold. I'm <laughs> Number one. Number two, um, that Ruth Archer. Mm. And I know that uh, Cosmo has got a somewhat much more thought out and reasoned... Uh, and crosser. Nobody's crosser uh, than Cosmo. Cross but Cosmo. Ruth has obviously been removed to New Zealand so that David can make this decision. And her just being removed to New Zealand is just some, some kind of plot device. Because actually, it makes no sense. It makes no sense that she just lost her mother her one the one remaining person of her family other than her children because she has no family does she no she keeps on saying i have no family yeah so to get over the loss of your mother and of your family you're going to absent yourself from your own children at christmas yeah, yeah. it makes no sense how yes, old is how old is the little one now ben is about 14 15 right. 14 but i 14. mean it's 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 not old, is it? I mean, it's, it's not. not... It, could even, it could even be 13 because yeah. he's, he's quite little. He's still a bit childish, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. There is absolutely no way in high heaven. If all the times to think about family and, and loss, it's going to be, excuse the French, bloody Christmas and you're going to want to spend it with your own children. Mm, yes. I, I, you know. I, I completely, I, when, after I, my dad died, I just wanted to get as far away from everybody and everything as I possibly could. And if somebody had given me a ticket to New Zealand, I would have been off like a sodding yeah. shot. But I would have not gone because of my children or I would have taken them with, I mean, you know, it's all, it's all sort of um, well, academic. But, you know, uh, it, leaving your children is a huge thing. Exactly. Now, I was going to say exactly, literally the same thing, that yes, a mother has died, it's been traumatic, she's been up and down the motorway to Pruda uh, for months, so she's exhausted. And then, um, on top of that, was this whole nonsense, uh, well, you understood it, and this is, and I thought this was a great bit of writing, and that is why... Uh, we are absolutely blessed when it comes to listening to the archers because um, you understood the reason why David and Pip uh, were making decisions in absence of Ruth. You understood mm. it. Mm. Whether it was right or wrong, you understood it and it yes. made sense. You understood as well, and Claire from Scotland said, that maybe what Ruth needed was actually to be included in decisions so she could help to get over um, the loss of her mother and to put things in perspective, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, and to help her with her grief. You understood it completely from both angles. So 
a mother has just died. It's a few weeks before Christmas. Does it make sense to to go off and have a break? Yes. But you wouldn't then extend it over Christmas. You can't then say you are not including me on decisions to do with the farm and forget your anniversary. Mm. You can't have it both ways. No. You know? and, and, and this bit doesn't quite ring true for me. No. Um, it doesn't ring true at all. I don't because whether we think that she's too earnest and boring and uh, whatever we want to think about Ruth, she actually feels like a regular person who um, you can believe in. This, I don't believe. No. I do not believe. No, I agree. Mm. Yeah. It fe- I mean, she's not leaving, is she? The, the actress, do we know? I, you know, I, I've no idea. I've no idea. I was trying to work out, with is this something that... Oh, I'll tell you what they do. On The Walking Dead, that, you know, very <laughs> popular zombie pod, uh, zombie show, right? Yeah. They've got, there's quite a few podcasts um, with people kind of analysing it, right? And what they do to tell whether an, an actor has been killed off, they, um, they basically analyse pictures of them in the last week and what their hair's like. Because if their hair is changed, they go, ha ha, that actor right. is going to be eaten by a zombie. Okay, not so helpful on the radio, really. No, not no, so helpful. No. But I just thought I'd throw that one yeah. in Yeah, no, that's very, very <laughs> helpful, Ruth. Thank so you so much. So if anybody knows what her hair is like at the moment... <laughs> it will make absolutely bugger all difference to anything, uh... but thanks. Because I was thinking, what would happen? Say mm. she leaves. Yeah. Then... Yeah, I was just thinking, you know at the moment he's yakking on about getting rid of Pip. Mm. What about if Pip... If Ruth leave, if they get, if they split up, Ruth decides to stay in New Zealand, sells her half of the farm and Pip takes it on and they run it as father and daughter. It's all too bonkers for me. It's too bonkers. I, I, I don't, I don't just mean what you've just said. Right. But, but, but the setup is bonkers. I don't, I just, I, I, I need to absent, absent myself for, for, from this because it just, don't make no sense to me. I'm still in the, but she just wouldn't. Let alone then to go on, you know, what you're doing is a logical uh, kind of progression of thought from that. But it's, a, it's just a crazy place to start. Yeah. She would she would have come back full stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just full stop. And if they are going to somehow write her out, I'd be massively surprised because we have it on good authority that David and Ruth are supposed to be the moral centre. Yeah. Uh, blah blah blah. Everything else kind of revolves around that, and you can you can clearly see, or at least we were led to believe that in the last year, you can see the line of that Pip is being groomed uh, to succeed uh, from uh, from Mar and Pa eventually, and so she's being painted as this competent farmer. Though you know, you you kind of understand in wiser kind of farming heads have seen that she has made some mistakes, where she doesn't quite know everything. She still needs help, but she's competent. She's kind of into it. And then we've got introduced into it. Even you know another. We've got a herdman, so she's going to have the repeated pattern of a mother because uh, a mother came as the herd person, and and then you know, then got with David. Yeah. So it was kind of, you know, echoes of the past, et cetera, et cetera. But still, um, there, dare I say, there needs to be a Ruth. Uh, and yeah. I just do not believe that um, 
there is any other way that this story can go other than she will come back at some point. Um, there will be some level of friction which will go on for some time. It'll bore us all to high heaven. <laughs> and then she'll just like, you know, David and Ruth will just shuffle back to, yeah. to their kind of yeah. normal normal position. Yeah. Yeah. And I, as, as, I've, as I've said before, I've got immense respect uh, for Mr. Mr. Bentink um, as an actor and he's a thoroughly nice, decent chap. Uh, but, He's but... shocking at general knowledge, though. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say that? Did you not see no. on um, University Challenge yesterday? No. He was... <laughs> I didn't see it, but uh, it was um, uh, it was all over the Twitters. He was on University Challenge. He was represented the University of East Anglia, mm-hmm. and he ended up with minus ninety five points. <laughs> Well, the team that they were opposite got something like 398 million or something. Oh, wow. Mm. <laughs> but to, you know what? But to, 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 to be fair to the man, it's one thing to answer questions of general knowledge and nothing completely when there's studio lights beam down yes. on you. Oh, yes, yes, you yes, know, yes, and, yes, yes. You know, the pressure of the moment, you know. Yes. I'm sure if he's asked, you know, what is your name? You probably at that point say David Archer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Shall we... Mm-hmm. Lucy, um, oh. crack on with some festive dum de dum calls. Yes. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Right then, who's first up? Yokel Bear. Hello, dum de dum, it's Yokel Bear here. I've actually got something to say that I need to get off my chest and. It's about the storyline that shall not be named. I think we've tipped over a big edge, and I think it's becoming clear amongst the Twitter's followers and, um, you know, and online that I think a lot of the listeners are struggling with this. In that, um, The Archers has recently become not what it was, and a story of everyday rural folk etc. It's now um, a drama based around um, a gaslighting sociopath and some people that happen to be around him. It's essentially the Rob show now. It's just permeating everything. And to be honest with you, um, I think Blythe Spirit was right last week. I've gone through kind of a bit of a process over this storyline. First of all, I was... um, kind of, you know, always a bit of a comedy villain until we found out about the gaslighting. And then it got really uncomfortable. And then I got really bored. And now I've gone into anger because every time Rob's on, every time this storyline's there, I'm sat there thinking, yeah, this is not what it's about. And also as well, there are so many characters that have been squeezed out by this story. Where's Alice? Where's Chris? Where's Josh? Where's Ben? Where's, you know, we, we've no longer got Mike and Vicky. Um, you know, there was all these brilliant characters. Well, maybe not brilliant in some cases, but characters that made up the whole of the kind of community. It was kind of like dipping in to this big kind of community of people. And it's just shrunk down and down and down and down till it's pretty much just about a couple of, you know, a couple of characters. Not even a few families, just a couple of characters. And what I'm struggling with is this, is that as it stands, 
I'm not sure I want to carry on listening to the archers um, whilst this plot line's going on because every episode's just making me angry now. Don't go, yokel bear. Is this the same yokel bear that's putting out on the Twitter some kind of poll about, you know, who's had enough of this storyline? Probably. I don't know. I haven't looked. Mm. Mm. Um, I've seen yokel bear in kind of a state of some undress. Yes. Why? He's a whole lot of man. That's all I'm saying. How have you seen Mm. that? Well, he sent it through for the Dumpty Dum calendar. Ah. Yes. He's draped in like someone's curtain. Okay. Yeah, he kind of looks like Rodan's the thinker. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's got, like, his Auntie Mabel's curtain uh, wrapped around him. You know, he kind of looks almost like a super-duper Marvel baddie. And um, all I can say, boys, is hubba, hubba, hubba. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sends me naked pictures don't anyone send me naked pictures but no why don't why do you get them all uh, because i've the cal- been saying you pretended you were going to do a calendar as a ruse to get people to send pictures of themselves in the nip well, i've got more pictures than i know what to do with so this thing which uh dum listener i thought was actually just n- never going to happen in a million years i think we're like maybe one short of a full calendar really there's been an Upsurge. Is that like one picnic, one sandwich short of a picnic? Well, one yes, picture I, I, I short don't. Of a, <laughs> one picture short yes, of a calendar. We're one month short of a calendar. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, Can we just skip February? February shit. Nobody likes February. That's very true. What a dreadful month. I know. Dreadful it is. month. Mm. I don't know if I said this last week. And it's only short. No one would miss it. You know, your calendar isn't fit for purpose if it's missing twenty-eight days, Lucy. We could just knock, next we year, could just it? knock two days off all the others. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, we have some very tasteful, really tasteful listeners. Yes, are we? Are we going to have to get the little sticky stars out for anybody? No. Well, oh, <laughs> unfortunately, no. <laughs> <laughs> have you not got your little sticky stars out? <laughs> all I can say, Jacqueline Berto. Oh, that that beautifully composed. <laughs> Really? Beautifully composed, beautifully lit. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, behind a sewing machine. And then Auntie Jean goes full agricultural with a spade. You know, it's... Uh... You know, I was going to do one. I said to Simon, what should I do? He said, I'll, I'll take the picture. So I said, what should I What should I do? And he said, this was a text conversation. He said, two massive teapots. And I said, yeah, but <laughs> what, shall I, what shall I hide them behind? <laughs> <laughs> You have to do it, Lucy. <laughs> you know, it's the staging. The, the men, That's the what's men worrying. in Middle England demand it. Middle, they don't. They demand, yes, they'd pay good money not to see it, I think. Anyway. <laughs> well, let's let's threaten them with it. Yeah, so, we'll raise more money by threatening. <laughs> <laughs> so is that answered Yoko Bear's call? I don't know. Sorry, Yoko Bear. Well, he's saying what everyone's saying, that it's, you know, it's all about... Um, it's all about uh, Robbie, Rob, 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 and no one else is getting a look in. But he did say something that, that that really resonated with me. He said it used to be about dipping into a community of characters, mm. and now it's it's dipping into a very small pool of not even families, but just you know five or six characters. I do hope they widen it out again because I don't like 
I don't like it. But anyway, there we go. And we're not going to talk about that again because uh, it's too depressing, quite frankly, uh, listening to that that storyline. Mm-hmm. Capital T, capital S. Um, which is why Sarah mm. Brown's call Ooh. comes as rare it... and refreshing fruit. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you what's rare what? and refreshing fruit. Sarah Brown. Calling, calling in. in. Exactly. I know. First time all year. Do you she remember when she first pipe. called? Speech pipe. <laughs> <laughs> it took us six goes or something. I don't know what was going on. But... Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Sarah Brown here. Happy Christmas and everything to everybody. I am suffocating in icing sugar and drowning in brandy, just a little bit like Jill Archer, I dare say, at the moment. I'm thrilled to bits with the archers at the moment, and I'm thrilled to bits with you carrying out your nefarious activities in the background there, too. I love the Rob and Helen story. I'm sure that it's going to be blown apart by Richard Locke very shortly in some kind of pillow talk post-coital event with Shula. With any luck, that will be a laugh. I think that Joe will pop his clogs in the ingle nook. I think that would be rather sweet. I think that Ruth will start a lesbian affair if she hasn't already down under. And I also think that really next year, uh, Linda should bite the bullet and do a production of the Vagina Monologues. I think that would be fantastic. Anyway, other than that, uh, I think because I'm ringing up on this machine rather than on the usual more glamorous speech pipe thing or whatever it's called, which seems to have popped its own clogs for me this morning, just wishing you all the best everything, all the festive what's-its and tons of love to all of you. Okay, bye. I remember when she first called in, she was a revelation, wasn't she? I know. With her husky tones. She hasn't sent a picture, has she? Oh, I tell you what, right? That be pinned up right. I next don't like to my it when you head. use your pervy voice. It's very disconcerting. What pervy voice? When you go, oh, I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you prefer that one with my little boyish giggle? What your Alan Carr voice? <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Christmas fuck off from Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what did Sarah Brown say? Sarah Brown speaking. What did she say? She said that she is loving the storyline. And the thing I love about Sarah Brown is that she doesn't take any of this remotely seriously. I don't know how she does it, but she seems to be able to just completely divorce herself, probably because she is a bit of a director herself. Mm -hmm. And I think in the same way that Catherine Bajan can when she looks at story arcs and things like that Mm. i think that she can divorce herself from what is actually she can divorce herself from the emotional tugs that the rest of us just get sort of um you know have our our, our sort of our our senses appealed to kind of thing and um we feel anxious or we feel completely at the mercy of the script writers because we can't we don't have the sort of uh dramatic resilience to resist worrying about helen and despite all my all my big talk about imagining the the studio and then recording it and all that kind of thing which i do i do try and do um you know but we do get sort of tossed around on this sea of of emotion but Mm. sarah brown just doesn't she said it's brilliant it's so good it's you know rob is a fantastic character it's been written really well it's really Mm. exciting and i don't i can't wait to see what happens and you know there is no hand wringing and there is no i'm worried about what's going to happen sarah brown rifle brown speaking here now um is has been written fantastically well 
And as I think it was Glyn Fuller Love said many, many, many moons ago, if you look at every kind of uh, plot point in, in terms of her, his reaction to, to Helen, not maybe not everyone, but a lot of them, his reaction could actually be viewed as quite plausible. Yeah. Now, you know what? Um, he's a controlling evil bastard. He's the Dark Lord. But Helen is actually having a rough pregnancy. Mm. So viewed from the outside, you know, him saying, well, why don't you just lie in bed? Could seen as being yeah. quite yeah. wise. Yeah. You but know. the thing that has but, the biggest... But, but, but here's my point, though. But here's my point. And it's only what I've been saying for the last three podcasts. Kenton, the Grundies, mm. all the other characters who've had trauma uh, this year, we're not getting... The, the ins and the outs and the subtleties and the uh, reflective writing in them. No. That's, that's my problem mm. with all of this. He's written fantastically well. And it shows you what a wealth of incredibly talented uh, script writers we have. Mm. They've just devoted too much resource towards mm. it. And that's the reason why we're fatigued. Because yeah. in terms of the length of the story arc, uh, I think in terms of maybe uh, docudramas, it probably is a bit long, but mm. it feels three times longer yeah, because, because of the it's so detail. awful to listen to, yeah. It's, it's painful. the detail yeah. that's, that's gone yeah. through. Yeah. Whereas, uh, you know, I've said this before, Kenton, touches of alcoholism, touches of mental breakdown, mm. touches of bankruptcy, mm. arguably three times more the material yeah. that has gone into potential material than the Robin Helen storyline. And we haven't heard of him literally mm. for months. Mm. That's my problem with it. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Sarah is also quite excited at the prospect of Ruth going lesbian down under. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you think she's going to go lesbian with a Samantha? To have yeah. the echoes of the Sam. Yeah. Mm. Um, yes mm-hmm. so there we are um, next hi Dumpty Dum it's Goddess Diva snuggled up in bed after another bloody night shift wanting to wish all my Dumpty Dummers a very happy Christmas and a very happy new year and even some of the Archers people though I would say Tim Bentink lovely as you are not choosing you for my pub quiz now you are on the team but not now after the appallingness of university challenge. Um, Highlight of the year is yet to come. It'll be the bit where Rob Tichinob gets killed by his mother for producing an heir that is actually female because it will turn out that it wasn't a little penis on the scan. It was a horn. I just make myself giggle this morning. Okay, this is what I sound like when I'm totally sleep deprived because I've been working. So I better go back to bed because I'm working, working tonight as well. And there are only so many times I can ask somebody if they've got something stuck in their back passage without laughing if I haven't had any sleep. All right, thank you so much for the podcast, you lot. Thank you so much for your company. And most importantly, you know who you are, Greavesy, Sam Mary D, G, Gita, Gita, can't remember how to pronounce it. All of you, Mrs. Bentos, Auntie Jean, everybody, thank you so much for being just amazing and such a support to each other and 
and to yourselves and everybody else all year, especially around the Robin Helen line. And thank you so much, Royfield and Lucy, for bringing this this cast of misfits together so we can we can be a family. So from my family to your family and to our family, happy Christmas. That is deeper out. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Uh, in fact, Merry Christmas to everybody. We'll probably say this at the end, but thank you to all the caller inners always. I'm saying Merry Christmas to everybody that doesn't live in Swindon, because I hate the place. Okay, right. Um, well, I'm saying Merry Christmas to everybody. I don't care where they're from. But that doesn't come from dum dum That comes from you. That's just me, yeah, obviously. Mm. Speaking on behalf. Views, views only represent myself. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener, with a bit of a head cold, so I'm sorry if I sound a bit muffled. I'd like to wish everyone a happy Christmas, but I don't think from an archer's point of view it's likely to be unalloyed joy. I fear very much for Helen. While I'm desperate for this storyline to conclude, desperate, convinced I'm going to hate the finale as much as I've hated every second of the build-up to it. Uh, I think it's going to be violent. Ooh, hate it. I've also got a premonition that Joe is going to die poignantly in his own bedroom or in his own chair back at Grange Farm now um, over the festive period. Uh, He might hang on until the anniversary episode I suppose but uh, horrible anyway on the plus side I'm very much looking forward to Calendar Girls I think it's going to be a hoot and I'm still fostering a tiny little hope that Ruth will make a new life for herself in New Zealand there was that hint of Sam wasn't there so uh, let's cross everything for that but I'm not holding my breath I think that's probably it. So I'd like to wish a very happy Christmas to Lucy, Royfield, all the caller innerers and everyone who just listens. Have a wonderful time and uh, thank you for a lovely year of listening. Dusty Substances does not think this is going to be a good Christmas <gasps> for Helen. What? Can I just say something about Dusty? What? All right. Now, p- people have to picture this, but she wrote this before people go, Royfield, you're just a perv, as you just kind of insinuated. Right. I didn't insinuate. I think I said it. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm not. Well, I suppose perviness is in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? Of the perved over. Mm. Mm, very much so. Um, I'm going to read this direct from the Book of Face. Dusty Substances. Uh, responding my call to get people to call in for the show. Right. I've just done this in the knickers as it were. So just as that, <laughs> have that as a picture, everybody. So She means you know, in the nick of time. That's what you say, in the knickers of time. Oh. Oh, you know what? You're right. There's not a K there. No. That's what you, got, that's what you get if you're dyslexic. No, that's what you get if you're a pervert and you see knickers oh, everywhere. damn it. I've fallen into that one. You have. All right. Fair dues. <sighs> Hoist by your own... Petard there, Roy. I'll just edit that bit out and we'll just forget <laughs> it <ever> existed. <laughs> hey, I've discovered two things. Yes. Today's revelations. Ooh. One, well, actually, mm. both. One, two. We have been saying two people's names wrong for the entire flipping year. You have. How do you say Moinus? You don't say it Moinus. You say it Moinus. Oh. Right. And... Nozilla is Nosilla as well. Mm. So 
we're crap. Sorry, everybody. But if you will have these clever, clever, flipping exactly Twitter names, what do you expect? Quite frankly. Anyway, mm. uh, Dusty Substances, with or without her knickers, um, says that uh, the the denouement. Remember, is... I've edited, I've edited that out. Uh, so okay. that's, well, that... that joke's fallen flat, Lucy. Yeah. Well, there'll be a lot of people sitting at home <laughs> baffled as to why I've suddenly brought Dusty Substance's knickers into it. Um, uh, the denouement with Robin Helen is going to be Christmas, she reckons, and she thinks it's going to be violent and horrible for Helen. I don't know. I don't care. I do care. I just hope it's quick. And, oh, can I do my plot prediction? Go on. I had this plot prediction, right, idea, that suddenly struck me in the middle of Berlin... And I was supposed to be concentrating on other things, and I was not. You're and I so had to... sophisticated, aren't you? No, and I had to rush off. Yeah, you are. No, look, when you're supposed to be concentrating on a mm. museum about the fall of the Eastern Bloc, you should not be suddenly having a plot prediction about the Archers. <laughs> that is not sophisticated. That is moronic, quite frankly. Um, anyway, I had to dash off and write it in my, in my notebook because I suddenly thought, mm. "Oh yes, I think mm. that." The end is going to come for uh, Robinson. Does he work for the Stasi? But no, via mm. Richard Locke, Docky Locky, and Elizabeth, because Elizabeth has got history of got has got domestic violence uh, history because of horrible oh, Cameron. Yes, and yes. I think she the is going to. Yank. Yeah, he... no, he wasn't. Yeah, he was yeah, Canadian. Scottish. Scottish. No, the Canadian was the other fella. Oh, the Canadian sorry. was Debbie's. Um, this was Cameron oh, God, Fraser. Yeah. And, and he got, got a bit her... handy, didn't he? Yep, he did. He lamped her. And, no, yes, he did. And then he lamped Debbie and then Debbie called the police and all that stuff. Anyway, um, I think that uh, that some, that um, Helen is going to do something that Rob will perceive, contrary to Rob's wishes, that will, Rob will perceive as jeopardising the health of the baby. Mm-hmm. Rob will lash out at Helen and hurt her. Elizabeth will recognise the signs, whatever those signs are, or she'll walk in on it, or she'll go in to check on go and check on Helen and find her crying or something, something, something. And it will be Doctor Locke that uh, recognises um, uh, that that he's called in to deal with it to look at the the evidence kind of thing, the physical evidence. That's what I think, and. You know this. This. Oh, does he recognise? How does Do, you know? How, how does Doctor? How does Doctor Locke recognise um, uh, Rob? Because he clearly did, mm-hmm. didn't he? There yep. is. A, there was something that made me go. Ooh, Debons on the Twitter said, "Has Doctor Locke ever been the medical officer at a police station?" And I Ooh. thought, "Ooh, that's very good." Mm-hmm. Yes. So. so- Lots of options there <laughs> for there ultimately all with the same goal. Hoorah! He gets stiffed. Good. Let's hope he does because yes. I've had it. I've, I've I've had it with this story, yep. not with him as a character. Just yep. just had it with this. And, and also, we have to do. I think uh, that for Timothy Watson, who is done has yes. done a yes. corking job, and mm. despite the lunatics who can't distinguish between fact and fiction, who have been. Uh, having a go at him um it uh yeah he has done a fabulous job I think. he has really he has. really amazing and he's you know he should get huge um 
drama, BBC drama roles based on on his performance because he's, uh, I'm, he's shown I'm sure himself he to be. I reckon he should get a call from from Walt Disney Studios. He should play the new Darth Vader. Yeah, he needs to play or the child uh, catcher, uh, something like that. <laughs> you haven't seen that new Star Wars, have you? No. Mm. Are you going to see it with the kids? Uh, no. Uh, okay. Is Simon going to see it? Yes. Had, so he hasn't seen it? No. All right. I'll be very interested to hear what he thinks about it. Is he into all that malarkey? Oh, God, yeah. Mm. I'm not. But um, I've seen it. But okay. all I can say is, yes, uh, Rob Titchener needs a lightsaber. He's definitely, you know, <laughs> on the dark side. And uh, he needs to be one of those commanders on the desert. Yes. <laughs> Hug me. I am your father. <laughs> exactly. All white. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He, he, he needs to be dressed in black and just, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, I won't tell you what I think of the new Star Wars other than if you've seen the very first Star Wars, you've seen it. Oh, oh let's go to this planet. I've got a lightsaber. Have you? Really? Let, oh, let's go on a rocket to that planet. <laughs> oh, there's some baddies. They look like Nazis. They really are. They're evil. You know. <laughs> I've decided I don't like them, whoever they are. Yes. Hi there, Dumpty Dum. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. Just phoning in with my Christmas thoughts around Elizabeth. It does seem to me like she can't make a new relationship of her own. Originally, when she met Nigel, he was one of Shula's cast-off boyfriends. And she was sounding extremely enthusiastic this week at discovering that Dr. Locke was moving into the village. Far too excited for my, my personal peace of mind. Does sound to me like we're going to have a Lizzie-Dr. Locke relationship. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I do hope that he's not going to be the um, husband number two. I do hope it goes dreadfully wrong. 
and that Shula gets very upset and that Lizzie and, and Shula fall out permanently over it, even though Shula's supposedly happily married to the disappearing Alistair. But you could see it coming. It's flagged up. Just thought I'd bring that into the mix. And I do love Oliver Sterling. It's out there. I did put it on the Twitters yesterday. He saved the Grundies. Well done, Oliver. I hope we never see or hear from you ever again and that you just leave the Grundies in situ. So Merry Christmas to everybody and um, speak to you all soon. Bye. Hello, Dumpty Dummers everywhere. This is Amy. Um, Just wishing everybody a very Merry Christmas and let's all hope that Rob gets a short, sharp shove off a building, preferably the roof of Lower Loxley. Anyway, have a wonderful Christmas and a Happy New Year and see you all next year. Bye. Uh, right. Have we got another call? No, that's it, I think. What, what do you I, mean? Well, Buanes is going to give us her poem. Mm. Oh, okay. Good morning, you two. It's Diane here, Moanes on the Twitters, and I would just like to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and to all the other Dumpty Dummers around the planet. Um, I've written a quick little poem this morning to sum up the year. Dumpty Dum comes just once a week. The excitement kept at bay, of voices from far distant lands discuss what's herbal lay. The village flooded like a biblical threat, Scruff and Frieda are dearly departed. But what's that smell from Grange Farm's range? Oh God, Joe, 94, has farted. Merry Christmas. That was lovely. Mm. <laughs> uh... I, like, I like a poem that has... A rhyme for fart in it. That's always very good, I think. Mm. So, so uh, let's have. Well, but we've had quick... some emailer in us. Oh though. gosh, yes. Sorry, I was I was going to go straight on to. I tell you, no, because we've got no Millie this week, right? Because she came on Monday's little missive. Uh, why don't we uh, take five right here and now and uh, come back the other side with some. It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes. How Jamaica conquered the world. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Seit der Reichsgründung ist es durch 1914, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August. And then, will America be drawn in? From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents. The new podcast from Royfield Brown. Hello, just a quickie. Sarah Smith's cloths are really useful. If you soak them in gin, they make a marvellous Molotov cocktail if you ever get the desire to burn down a yurt. Sarah Smith, for the posher washer. Fancy getting your mouth around something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. 
Hi, I'm Harry Clark from the Dumpty Diddlers and I want to wish Lucy and Roy Field and all the Dumpty Dumbers a very Merry Christmas. Lucy. Yes. Emails. Hit me with them. Peter Sturck says, oh, yes. following on from the comment from Kernow Beeching, mm. it's interesting that Helen has mentioned preeclampsia a number of times now, so my prediction is that there will come a time in the pregnancy that unless she has a termination, her life will be at risk. Mm-hmm. Rob will clearly want the unborn baby to live at the expense of Helen. It will only be at that point that Pat will come to her senses. That is harsh. Is Rob some, like, Roman emperor? He's like that, isn't he? But then all those... But Napoleon had narcissistic personality disorder. Well, he had Napoleon complex, which was handy. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Um, Yeah. Well, Well, I don't know if they're going to take it that far, actually. They can't, can they? I mean, that is really bleak, isn't it? Mm, Yeah. Um... And, you know, I mean, they do do that. I mean, you do get situations like that, obviously, but (coughs) I don't know. Bless you. I don't know at what point they would. I've kind of. When's the baby due? I've kind of lost track now. I don't know. She's Easterish, isn't it? Yeah, she had a. Wasn't 20 week scan. No, she had an she early had, one, didn't she? It was earlier, mm. and she had that, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. So she's only about four or five months then. Barely pregnant. Mm. They can still reverse it. Oh, God, they're not going to go there, are they? Uh. Right. Hello, it's Auntie Jean here. I'm sorry if you can't use this. I didn't realise there was a, such an early deadline. I just wanted to say a happy Christmas and a wonderful New Year to all Dumpty Dummers, and especially Royfield, Lucy... Harriet and everybody who makes Dumpty Dum possible and cheers up my week every single time. So, have a lovely one, everybody. Speak to you soon. Bye. This is Cosmo. Cross Cosmo. Oh, gosh. I am fed up with the latest travesty of the story. Whatever the provocation, Ruth would not send an email without, apparently, a proper explanation of her need to stay through Christmas. Can I I just say something? Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. The editor is not doing his job. Stories need to fit the character. Ruth would throw herself into her work, be in amongst the herd morning, noon and night. She simply would not absent herself. And we all know that Lillian is a bit hard up. Will she sell the dower house to Justin Elliott? Regards, Cosmo in Thailand, which is recommended for some sun in wintertime. Thank you, Cosmo. (laughs) It's not a case of the fact that we don't know that Thailand is nice for some sun in the wintertime, love. It's just not all of us can do that. But anyway, thanks for the tip. (sighs) Um, And Dot Stereo, a.k.a. Claire. Mm. She did did, uh, uh, email me earlier on today to say, I was slightly hysterical on a train back from Oxford or something when I wrote all that. So anyway, here we go. Mm. Um, She says she is a baby listener. Because her first mm. episode was the one where David had his little toy farm. But I want my toy farm back, mummy! Meltdown. Can, um, can, can, can I just uh, interject? Um, and I'm putting this out to the great Dumpty Dum universe. We need a proper kind of gradation system as to what type of listener you are. Yes. Right. And so can people um, call in a tweet in a speak pipe in or Facebook in as to what that is? So, you know, if you've been listening as one or two dummy dummers have since episode one, 
Um, I think that makes you a fully fledged uh, Archers listener. If you've been listening for argument's sake, let's say since uh, Jenny, so we have novice, intermediate, and advanced. Yeah, but it needs to be much cleverer than that. Oh, okay. And then, but what is at what point are you novice? I think you're novice if you've been listening since the 1990s onwards. Yeah. You know, because for me, if you don't know Walter Gabriel, yeah, you're not really an archer's listener. You're just you're just, you're just playing <laughs> at it, aren't you? <laughs> you're one of those lunatics that writes to Kerry Davis. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, somebody would say, Royfield, you don't know, you don't remember Dan Archer, so you're just playing at it too. Yes, but also that's quite ageist. I mean, we can't because we have a lot of younger listeners. We can't kind of say, you know. It's, it's your fault that you weren't born until 1918. Yes, yes, we can. <laughs> well, we can, <laughs> It's yeah. our podcast. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> anyway, so, no, but let's, I, I throw this out Shall we you, do it like the Flower and Produce show? So you have highly commended bronze. Lucy, I don't think God. you're listening to me. We're throwing this out. Oh, sorry. It's not for us to come up with the answer oh, right now. Okay. So, so there's two elements here. Number one. Can't you, you throw have... it out to me as well? Am I not allowed? To... No, I'm not. Yeah, allowed, am I? but you can't. But you can't say on the show, okay. on you know, as I'm saying it, what right. you think. Okay. Because that defeats the whole purpose of being All inclusive. Right. We're an inclusive podcast, Lucy. Okay, sorry. We're not a dictatorship. No. Well, we kind of are, though, aren't we? Well, we are. <laughs> 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 but like all good dictatorships, we won't admit it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, number one, um, what is the time span? So we need to, we need to, you know, uh, work that out. You know, if you've been listening since I don't know the nineteen fifties or the nineteen sixties, seventies, eighties, whatever, and then we need pithy, Ambridge-like, Borsetshire-like titles for the different gradation of listener. Now. Now we've got that sorted, can you please carry on with Dot Stereo's email? Because I quite like this one. Okay. Uh, she says... And Chop Chop Lucy. Yeah, okay, quite. Um, she says, uh, I don't think you can compare a year-round, almost daily BBC radio show with a multi-million dollar American TV show of 24 episodes a year. Homeland. Anyway, the one we should be comparing it to, she says, Ooh, is... fighting talk the old I know, spirit. I know. I'm, I'm, that's why she emailed in she didn't dare leave a speak pipe thing you see um <laughs> friday night lights she says uh-huh. which is uh much more like uh the archers complete with occasionally ridiculous and unexplained plot twists and progressions yep um what are the rules for dramatic license she says mm. um there are calls for hard straight facts only plot lines when it comes to ruth's nz trip the grundies etc but a tidy no loose ends end to helen and rob is what we all want can't we have a bit of tolerance for shortcuts and flourishes here and there when there are still plenty of sweet, funny and thoughtful exchanges between the characters every week? No, there aren't. The <laughs> <laughs> That's not true, Lucy. <laughs> that would be the dictatorship. There aren't any bloody sweet, funny and thoughtful exchanges between the characters every week because it is all taken up with Helen and Rob. And that is because you have only been listening, my love, since uh, earlier on this year. You don't remember what it was like when we had Nelson Gabriel and proper characters who made jokes and Nigel Pudge to playing irritating practical pranks on people and, you know, Susan being snobby and all that instead of all this emotional psychodrama. Yes. Three. Pip is a recent 21-year-old graduate who has barely left the rural West Midlands. Of course she's an overly confident, irritating dolt with zero game. 
I say this as a not so recent graduate from the Irish Midlands with zero game. <laughs> uh, yes, I completely agree. Um, four, finally, I always think it's really sweet when Jenny Darling gets so excited when her family are around her. Brian says, where are people supposed to take a crap in this yurt? And Jenny says, isn't it lovely the family are all here? It, <laughs> it could be just me, but I wanted to end on a positive. Um, yes, it, it, Jenny Darling is... The uh, Jenny and and um, Jill Archer between them are like the triumph of hope over experience. Every single family party they have ends in near death or disaster, and they still insist on having the bloody things and are still convinced that this time it's going to be a lovely family get together. Um, should you read this out? I am reading it out. Please say hello to my best friend. Yes, <laughs> here we go. Yes, yeah. I Moiran, mm-hmm. who got really? me into both. I don't know. Dumpty Dum and the Archers because I can't see her this Christmas for the first time in nearly 10 years. Oh, that's so sad. And because it's funny when Lucy says her name. Ha ha ha, Claire. Yes. Well, I don't know how to say her name. She did tell me once, actually. Moran. Muran. She's also... But you didn't remember because it wasn't important enough to you. She's also got an equally confusing... What? If she said it to you once, surely you'd have remembered. Yes, I know. But I read out a lot of people's names, don't I? Every week. And I can't remember everybody's. She, well, we've been saying one S wrong for 12 months. <laughs> 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 She's also called, called Moira Irving. Moira Irving? Oh, God's mm. sake. Anyway, Claire's friend. That's what we call her. Claire's friend. But it's a shame that you're not going to see your friend for the first Christmas in 10 years. That's very sad. Mm, it is. Hmm. Right, that's it. End of the Himalayas. Oh, well done. All right. Um, why don't we uh, have some hashtag archers action? What do you reckon? Yeah. All right, then. Cool. I'll queue it up. Lucy. Yep. What are your top five hashtag the archers tweets of the last seven days? Um, I've lost track of how many there are because there's quite a few of them because they're oh, funny. Good. But there we go. Uh, 12 Furniture said. We've with... got to learn to edit, Lucy. I know. With Ruth now away for a few months. You know months. this is our 90th show. Is it? <gasps> 90. 90, and I still can't And we st- count. we're still <laughs> sloppy. Sloppy after 90. It's not good. <laughs> Many people are sloppy after 90. Um, 12 Furniture says, With Ruth now away for a few months, it would be nice to see David and Pip's Oedipal romance develop further. Or is that weird? Yes, 12 Furniture, it is extremely weird. Uh, I love this one. Paul Salotti said, I'm beginning to think that there's actually only one fair brother brother who talks to himself like Gollum. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Emily Thomas in Paris said, Say bro again, Toby, and I swear by Apollo's shiny locks I will remove your urethra with a cake slice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Dawn Oliver had this very funny conversation with Kipper Kate about where all um, Caroline and Oliver's stuff is. Because mm-hmm. she said, nobody takes all their knickers on holiday. <laughs> that was her kind of opening gambit. She said, I know I shouldn't be worrying about this, but I am. So she said, I just like loose ends to be tied up. Plus, I wouldn't like anyone making free with my knicker drawer in my absence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us. <laughs> was that tweet of the week? Uh, no, it wasn't. Oh, goodness. Um, Archelina said, what is wrong with Richard Locke that he needs his hand held by Shula just to have a housewarming? Has he hit his head? (laughs) 
Yeah, she was treating him as if he was a sort of a small, slightly mm. deficient child. Um, and <laughs> if we had any ham, this mm-hmm. was um, ju- uh, said Justin uh, Justin Elliot meets Doctor Locke. Hello, I'm Oliver Standin. I do posh and hearty. <laughs> and Doctor L replies, "Oh yeah, I'm covering from both the vicar and the policeman. I do north." <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's very good. And this is uh, this involves me singing, so I apologise in advance. This is Fifi Farcher, who is... Are we, are we is, still on to Tweet no, of the Week? No, this is Tweet yet. of the Week now. Oh. Uh, Fifi Farcher, who is the um, uh, the, the, the Archer's uh, Poet Laureate. Bard, yes. Said, Yurts today, all my troubles seem so far away. <laughs> ah, which made me laugh a lot. I was in the yurt this week. Were you? Oh, yes, you were, weren't you? Yeah. Mm. With Uncle God, Kerry Davis. Yes. We, we yurted together. Did you? And he played his bongos. <laughs> and, and he shook something. He really did. And that's actually, that sounds like I'm, I'm doing a weak impression of you with your, with your double entendres. But actually, he did uh, knock, knock, his, knock his bongos because he's a percussionist as well as a bit of a vocalist. And he had this maraca type thing. And, and he shook that. And, uh, and uh, yeah. The the spirit of Kate Charter, uh, Kate Matakani was definitely there around that yurt, around that campfire. It was lovely. <laughs> um, so, oh, and we've had one more tweet. This isn't a a, a thingy oh, tweet. Bloody this is hell, a... Lucy. No, this isn't. It's all right. It's not a tweet of the week tweet. It's oh, okay. a request from Alison Hartley, mm-hmm. who says she is trying to find fellow fans of the Archers in Sonoma County in California. Would love to. Uh, s- uh, already answered it on the Twitters. To, what do you mean? No, I told her that I'd read it out. So okay. if anybody was listening that wasn't on the Twitters, Robin winning Ilanthi Rosa. She yeah, lives I know. In yeah, I know, but there might be other people that listen and don't tweet. Who... Oh, okay, that you know, that's a very fair point. And if you do, you've got to start tweeting because I'm going to be over there in the Bay Area in the next three weeks, two weeks. Right. I'll start again. Alison Hartley. (laughs) Alison FM 1985 said she's trying to find fellow fans of the Archers in Sonoma County in California. She would Mm -hmm. love to start or join a local fan group. And I've asked the BBC The Archers Twitter feed to retweet it. Um, So hopefully uh, you might meet up with some nice other archers nuts in california fab hi dumpty dum it's nosilla here just wanted to phone in and wish everybody a very happy christmas and a calm peaceful and fantastic 2016 it's been a tough year for us um and this time last year i wasn't looking forward to christmas um but i am this year I'm really wishing everybody else um, a fabulous time. Um, Enjoy being with the people that you enjoy being with um, and put up with those people that you don't, because let's face it, there's always a few of those about at Christmas. Um, I just wanted to say a particular thank you to Lucy and to Roy Field. Um, Anybody who can make us laugh and smile is worth their weight in gold, in my opinion. And I'm about to say you two are priceless, but I know that if I say that, that's going to be taken the wrong way. I don't mean it to, but you are. 
Have a fabulous time, everybody, and I look forward to catching up with you all, laughing, crying and enjoying all your posts, tweets, texts and call in in 2016. Lots of love, everybody. See you soon. Bye. Are we just about done? We are. I really need a we as well. All right, then. Let's crack on then quickly. Um, Shop news. Um, I don't think this next line is now applicable. No. You'd have to be pretty disorganised. Xmas is coming to get your stuff. If that's Xmas 2016, well, then it's probably correct. Yeah. Because I've got a sneaky feeling if you go onto our shop to try and get a T-shirt, a mug, a coaster, a a kite. um, Kite? Yeah, a kite with a Dumpty Dum logo on. It will not be delivered before December 25th. So, but just we have a shop. So just just remember that for future reference, everybody. Now, um, also on dumbjum.com, you can go on there and you can add articles. And I know we, I've said this once or twice now, but Chris Lois, um, he's actually a real kind of silent contributor to all things dumpty dum because he mm. writes articles and he does very funny very clever uh christmas carols mm. or christmas tales doesn't he so yeah. he's awesome and you also can uh, can do that by going on to dumptydum.com and you can comment on the shows you can message other listeners directly or you can even go on to the forum which is a place of considered and reasoned debate i'll have you know and our boy andrew horn um, started a really lovely thread um, reflecting on Rob not ranting. And yet again, uh, the reasonableness of our listeners yeah. is, is, is there just, just laid bare. Especially when compared with other social media sites, what will remain nameless. Yes. Mm-hmm. Peopled by nut jobs and <laughs> fascists, I think. <laughs> <sighs> so go and hang out on dumbledum.com with other listeners and caller in Hello, it's Catherine Bajan here. I'm wishing all Dumpty Dummers a smashing festive season. I was going to come prepared with a branch of mistletoe, but according to the lovely Susie Dent, mistletoe actually means a stick of poo. So I've given that a miss. Instead, we're going to adopt the Dutch five-step method of celebration here, which in essence involves trimming one's hooves using a Black & Decker workmate and then liberally dousing oneself with Advocar while mainlining Quality Street. It is complicated, but it does offer surprisingly good results. Happy Christmas to one and all. Dumdy Diddler's News. Right, what's the Dumdy Diddler's News, Lucy? The Dumdy Diddler's News is that we have two Dumdy Diddlers who are small people who are compelled to listen to the archers by their parents. I think is probably the uh, the key to it here. Um, I, but then they end up loving it, don't they? They do. We have Annie Brown. Hello, mm-hmm. Annie. Happy Christmas, Annie. Um, who takes the role of uh, Tilly Button when mm-hmm. um, we do meetups. And we have Harry Clark, who has got the cutest voice in the world. And we have one down under. Jembe. Yay! Yes, I forgot Jembe. We've got three Dumdy Diddlers. Now, if you want to join the Dumdy Diddlers, I think you've got to be, was it 13 and under? Yes. Got to be 13 we and under. We have to keep moving it up because of Annie. <laughs> Yes, 13 and under. And then you've got to email in and say you'd like to join the Dumpty Diddlers. And then what do they get? A Cracker Jack pencil and pen or something? Yes. Right, smashing. Uh, You won't get much from it other than the glow that you are a Dumpty Diddler and your name will be read out on the roll call of Dumpty Diddlers. Yes. Awesome. Right, in other news, Doug Foynt. 
Tom Bodger. And the others who did some fact checking. Royfield, your numbers for the NASA budget are way off. At the maximum, it got to a bit under 5%. Well, yes. The article that I read definitely did say 15%. I don't know where I got 25 from. <laughs> um, I apologise. And I'm somewhat chastened. And the next time I read something, which I then think, oh, I might just mention that in Dumb Dumb. To, to, to give me my credit, I didn't think I was going to mention it. But it's just when you said the eagle has landed. Yes. I just made made that link. and then I did all... like the fact that in a script for a podcast about the archers, we're having to talk about the NASA budget. <laughs> 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 anyway, never mind. Yes. And, so, oh, sorry. Mm, so, 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 thank you, everybody, for for correcting me, and um, I stand suitably chastened. Uh, and I will uh, email the author of that article and say, "Oi, you! It was four point five percent, not fifteen percent." Um. And lastly, on biscuits as history from Jed White. A. While you're doing history forward slash biscuits, don't forget the Anzac. And B, Jaffa cake is a cake. It goes hard when stale. Okay. Right. I still think, you know, in kind of culturally, it's a biscuit though, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Culturally, a Jaffa cake If you can dip it in your tea, it's a biscuit. That's the rule. That is a very good rule. I just made that up. I like it. Yeah. Let's well done. That. Yeah. Smart. All right. If you would like to help keep our show on the road, there are two ways this can be done. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Dumpty Dum and find us to support the show for $2. Or if you want to simply donate, you can, Royfield, you have to put some full stops in this. Or if you want to simply donate, you can go to <laughs> dumptydum.com and hit the donate button on the site. And we would like to thank the following for their support over the last year. <gasps> Alison Jones. Sheila Snowden. Jenny Allen. Linda Lloyd. Lonnie J. Bahar. Susan Hardy. Alison Johnson. And Chloe Sastry. You have all awesomely contributed in the last 12 months via hitting that donate button. We love you, love you, love you. Remember, you can also get in contact with us by sending us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our site. Or you can call us on 02030313105 leave us a message via a phone type implement. You can find us on the Twitters where we are at Dumpty Dum, or you can tweet me where I'm at Royfield as R O I for India F I E L D. Me at Lucy V Freeman or Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith. Remember, we're also on the Book of Face. Oh, yes, we are. And we now, we've put on, I think, 27 new uh, Leica Lurkers on our Facebook page <laughs> just this week. It's going great guns. <laughs> Like a lurkers. Tell tell the people, tell the ladies and gentlemen, Royfield. Yes. How many What of, am I to tell? How many of, of their wonderful people Shall are I now talking to them, Lucy? Are I now can, supporting you know. the family of Dumpty Dum across the international community. How many listeners do we have every month? Oh, yes. Across the globe, which once spanned the British the, the Empire. Commonwealth. <laughs> <laughs> well, being a person of a certain age, I like to still refer to it as the empire. Okay. Yes. So across the globe, of which once a quarter of it was spanned by pink, yes, royal British pink of the British Empire, um, we have some 15,000 plus monthly <gasps> listeners. 15,000. That is one five comma zero 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 listeners across the 
the empire and other bits of the globe which are soon to be conquered by the empire. Yes, so we have listeners in China, in Ulaanbaatar. We have listeners all over the globe and we love you and we wish you all a very, very merry, merry Christmas from uh, Borsitcher, Lucy, Royfield and <laughs> Skype. And I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Stop! I, Stop! My throat, Pull out! My throat is starting to hurt. It's starting to go a bit Dalek-y now. <laughs> like a sort of a posh Dalek. Sorry. But bearing in mind with your propensity to figures, as has just been showed, it could well be just actually 15 listeners. Could <laughs> No, it's definitely 15,000 plus. And uh, because we're on this new ACAST thing and there's ah. stats galore. Stats Ooh, galore, Lucy. Like a nice stat, don't we? Mm-hmm. Mm. Gracious me, 15,000. Oh. Yes. Well, on that note, mm. right, I think we should end with a little bit of erotica. <laughs> That's a bit of a leap. Okay. <laughs> Made sense in my head. The Ian Adam Charlie love triangle almost reads like a plot from one of Archer's superfan Becky Black books. books. <laughs> Becky Black is not only a fan of the Archers, a listener of Lucy and I's prattlings, but by day Becky is also a bank teller or something like that. Uh, Becky, hi. Am I missing anything out? That that's your full resume, isn't it? Um, there's a couple of things you've missed there. What's that then? You're you're all, you're a canny lass. I'm a candy lass, yes. Uh, I'm a anything else? I'm a writer as well. Ah. That's, that's how you've, that's what you've discovered on Twitter about me, isn't it? Well, it, Lucy made some outrageous allegation uh, about, about you uh, last week. Was it, was it the week before? Um, but first, before we come on to that, how did you discover the world of uh, Borsetshire? Well, I think I started listening to it accidentally. Because mm. I used to, I would listen to some of the half six comedy slots on Radio Four. Yeah, especially things like Cabin Pressure or the News Quiz, and sometimes you just don't get around to turning the radio off at seven o'clock, and start listening to the Archers, and then before you know it, you know, I just got hooked on it. <laughs> I think the first storyline I remember was when the Duchess of Corn, Duchess of Cornwall, is that right, came to visit. Mm. Linda was obviously social climbing and just uh, trying to get get to meet the Duchess and didn't quite manage it. And I really, I really enjoyed that. She was like a uh, Lucia. I yes. don't know. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I could tell. I know Lucy's familiar with them. Um, Absolutely. That's yeah. Pro- and uh, Miss Map and everything. And it just it just reminded me of that. I've been a fan of those books for years. Mm. But I, I'm mostly a sort of post Nigel falling off the roof listener. Okay. That, the era I'm in. <laughs> so, you, so you still still very much a newbie. Yes, so I've been uh, about five years or so. That oh I've been god, you, you you practically don't know anything then. Oh, yeah. I I'm reckon if you haven't been listening since the mid sixties, you're a newbie. Yes, yes, definitely. You know, if you can't talk confidently about Walter Gabriel, you know, well, I think we need to curtail this this interview. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm obviously not worth talking to. <laughs> But uh, no. I, I look things up on the internet if something comes up on the archers and I think, well, what are they talking about there? Who mm-hmm. Who is that person they're talking about? I'll, I'll go and look it up and try to figure it out. Here's the thing, right, because what I like to do is to uh, ask our listeners for, you know, any kind of insights into the stories that are doing the rounds at the moment in the archers. Now, I, you, you probably don't know this, Becky, but I am a great fan of your work. 
And I found myself reading Higher Ground the other day. And I highly recommended read to anybody. And I noticed a bit of a, I noticed something that had an echo in the arches, a bit of a love triangle. And you have a, a, a character called Adam. Yes. Now, is that some kind of foreshadowing there? Do you think the writers of the Archers, you know, picked up a copy well, of Higher Ground and said... I don't think so, no. No. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. I don't know. I think Kerry Davis has been buying your books on Amazon. And, <laughs> but, so... But it's a classic, a love triangle anyway. Obviously, mm-hmm. people have been writing about those for hundreds of years. But what? But what is the unique angle that you have with your, your with your fiction, and 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 how does it kind of echo uh, the Adam, Charlie, and Ian storyline? Well, most of what I write, although I'm branching out a bit, is um, gay romance. Mm-hmm. So it's it's romance, you know, the classical, but it's boy meets boy rather than boy meets girl. Uh-huh. So it's quite a uh, quite a lively little niche within the huge romance genre. And so I've been I've been I've been published for five years now. I've just gone five years, and that's what most of my stories have been. Well, congratulations! Now, who out of Adam, Ian, and Charlie do you reckon reads your books? <laughs> I would I would expect more Charlie. Yeah, why Charlie? I don't know. I think he's more he's more sort of modern that way. Adam and Ian are just a bit more old fashioned. So. Tell me how you get into this specific genre of, of writing. And do you do lesbians? Or is it primarily male? You know, how do you fall into that? I have started doing a couple of um, sort of lesbian stories. Yes, I've got a couple of those published. Mm-hmm. It was a few years ago. Just a friend online uh, started reviewing a couple of, uh, couple of historical romances, sort of like uh, gay romances. And I thought, well, oh, I didn't know these even existed. You know, mm-hmm. obviously there's plenty of gay literary fiction about, but this was a different kind of thing. I say it's within the romance genre, and it's well, a lot of the literary fiction. It's sort of, it's generally, it's about, you know, how difficult it is being gay in most in a lot of societies. It often has unhappy endings, people committing suicide, or things like that. Whereas where you read romances, obviously. We d- we d- uh, listen, we don't none of that with, with Adam Ian and Charlie. Yeah, no. Obviously, the main thing about romance is you get a happy ending. Oh, and so good. That's something new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I'd like I'd like to see um, the, the characters of the Archers get happy endings too, but at the same what time, what type of happy endings are you referring oh, to? Sorry. What type of happy endings are you referring to? <laughs> 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 Settling down, all living together nice and Oh, happy. okay. All right. Okay. All right. No, nothing else of that sort. <laughs> but this, there's a specific scene within Higher Ground where um, your Adam finds himself, you know, sat by some rocks. It's a dark evening. And then, was it Glyn? Glyn that comes along? Crumbs, that didn't have take me back to that ball do um, New Year's Eve last year. Yes, it definitely has echoes of it, yeah. Uh, absolutely. So how exactly did your scene kind of end up? Was, uh, were, were, they, were they spotted by, by a nascent cousin? <laughs> no, nothing like that. Adam just does reject him, my Adam, and I suppose mm-hmm. the archer's Adam eventually does the same as well with Charlie. Mm-hmm. It's a, um, you know, 
as we've seen, obviously, in the last week or so, essentially he's rejected him by just saying, you know, right, I am going ahead with the marriage with Ian, and and that that's it, you know, so what does Charlie do now? And, but, and, uh, and, and then what did your Glyn do? He's, well, he didn't get any, he didn't do anything really terrible, no kind of revenge or mm. anything. But, uh, there did he have point... trouble with his herd? <laughs> yeah. Or was he not even a farmer? What, 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 what? No. Okay, sorry. He's actually, a paramedic. Okay. And at one point, Adam's uh, fella, Adam's partner, gets injured, mm-hmm. and Glyn doesn't want to stick because they're in danger. They're climbing a the mountain; they're in danger. Glyn doesn't want to hang around and help him because you know he wants to keep on climbing out of danger. And so Adam ends up pointing a gun at him. <laughs> oh crumbs! So I do. I don't imagine our Adam will end up pointing a gun at no. anybody unless it's Rob, which. You know, obviously, we don't. Oh, really he's got like that, that coming. Yeah. yeah, he's got that coming, hasn't he? So, your Zach, yeah. does he have a Northern Irish accent? He doesn't know. <laughs> but surely his accent should be in the mind of the reader. So, as far as I'm concerned, he does. Unless okay. you've expressly, expressly said that he doesn't. He shouldn't have, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've gone on to Rob very slightly. You know, the person whose name that shouldn't be mentioned, but, you know, he's absolutely dominating all things kind of archers-wise at the moment. Um, the Dark Lord or something like absolutely, that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let, let's keep a Star Wars theme going. Yes, he's absolutely... Yeah. He's, he's a Sith Lord or something, isn't he? Um, when are we going to get rid of him? And how? I don't see any reason why they'd get rid of him soon. Even if something comes to a head, even if they end up breaking up with Helen mm-hmm. that just starts a new phase in the thing because I can imagine him being the type who won't just go away quietly he'll be stalking Helen for years to come and um, obviously with Helen having the baby there'll be some kind of custody battle over that should, you know, should, they, should it come to that so I don't see any reason why they would get rid of Rob you know barring actually dropping him into the slurry tank or something uh, anytime soon Mm. Do you think there might be? A, do you think Rob might then get his revenge on everybody? But even when he's dead, by having a, a, a septic pelvis or something or other, which then poisons. Revenge from beyond the grave would would definitely be Rob's uh, style. Yes. Mm. I've got a sneaky feeling that Rob is just too good of a catch for them to permanently write him out. I think he, he will hopefully disappear. So. You know, just like the Force needs balance in Star Wars, you know, the Archers need, needs balance. And there's, it's just, I've said it so, so often recently, it feels incredibly unbalanced to me at the moment. So we need to take him off somewhere. But he's just too good of a character not to be, you know, a returning, vengeful, angry uh, man, you know, wanting to see, um, you know, his child, you know, on occasion. But I've got a sneaky feeling Helen is not going to give birth to this child. I don't think it's mm. going to happen. Yeah, something something seems to be brewing, mm. especially now she's a baby. You know, has she started not eating? You know, after that crack he made about uh, eating too much at the mm. reception, and obviously she's got that history of the eating disorders. So, you know, could could things happen with that? Because of you know, because she isn't taking care of herself enough. So mm. who knows? Mm. So anorexia and kind of body dysmorphia are issues that classically um, women have suffered with. But 
in a, in an age where men are increasingly increasingly uh interested and bothered and worried about their own kind of body image um a lot of young men are kind of suffering from anorexia is that a topic which you've touched on in any of your books at all it's not a topic i've touched on no i, I know it is uh, an issue at the moment um with so many uh, images in the media, uh, people, you know, feel a lot of pressure to, to conform to the way they think they're supposed to look. Uh, and obviously, as you say, that's affecting men as much as women these days. But it isn't something I've tackled in my books, because uh, I think, while some people do tackle all those kind of issues in romance, very serious issues, uh, I, it's not something I'll really do myself. I find it a bit too a bit too heavy for romance, and it's... You can sometimes feel like if you're just using it as a kind of, you know, cheap drama kind of thing, a way to sort of add angst to the person's background, something mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, but it's it's obviously it's something people do handle, and as long as it's well researched and that they really understand the issues, it's as long as it's treated respectfully, then that that's great that people will include those those issues in their books. Have you had any handsome podcasters? <laughs> I haven't had that, no. But uh, you never know. I could, uh, I could always think of including that. Uh, I, I can really. Uh, your next book, I can really see it now. Handsome podcaster from Birmingham. That's all. It, why don't you even just call it handsome podcaster from Birmingham? Yeah. Uh, well, I've got to write a story about. Um, let's say for a a call. What call a call? Where a publisher puts out say, "I like some stories like this to be published mm-hmm. in an anthology or a series." And it's all about men at work and me having romance uh, through work. So you never know. Could be a podcaster who meets up with a, a very oh. sexy guest. Well, <laughs> aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> You're a flirty one, you, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you just give me ideas. You know, as soon as somebody, somebody gives me an idea, I start running with it in my in my head. Figuring From... out uh, storylines for it. Um... Well, when you say somebody's somebody's giving you ideas and you, and then you just run with it, you know, I, I thought we well, I think we need to take this conversation off air, Becky. But <laughs> but listen, if anybody wants to um, read any of their books, where can they purchase them from? Um, certainly from Amazon. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's a site a lot of people use. Um, all the sites for other kind of e-readers like Kobo, Barnes and Noble for people who have a Nook mm-hmm. uh, reader, the publishers themselves. And what are you working on at the moment, other than the, the handsome podcast from Birmingham book? Uh, I'm working on editing a sequel to a previous book, which mm-hmm. is all about um, lives of some characters after a zombie apocalypse. So that's quite a fun one to work on. Is that, is that Patient Zed? That, that's right, yes. So I'm working on a... I tell a, you, I know your canon. You see, you do, yes. I should write a zombie apocalypse archers uh, fan fiction. I think sometimes that would go down really well. You could bring back Nelson, bring back <laughs> Nelson, Walter, Doris, Dan. You should really do that. That'd be excellent. <laughs> Listen, That's Becky sweet. Black. It's been absolutely excellent speaking to you. Um, we should catch up again in the new year. Yes, that'd be great. Fantastic. You have a wonderful Christmas. Hopefully there'll be some kind of resolution with the Robin Helen thing happening over Christmas. Well, listen, mm-hmm. let, let's let's try and get him killed off and then we definitely can do your, your zombie book and maybe he will have his revenge. OK, well, it's great to talk to you. And you. Thank you. Thank you, Becky. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Would you like to say goodbye? 
I would like to say a genuine and very heartfelt and not messing around happy Christmas to all our listeners and we love you very much. Mm-hmm. And I would just like to say season's greetings to everybody and um, it's been um, lovely and we've done 90 of these and what are we going to do for 100th? Oof. Uh, read everyone's names outright. <laughs> yes. Oh, Yay! You know do wow. it is an idea. A live show. Oh my god. <laughs> well, that'll be tricky with you in California or wherever it is you're going to be. Oh yeah, I will be. Yeah. One mm. of us is going to have to get up very early or stay up very late. Bagsy, that's you for both. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, dear listener. Bye. Happy Christmas. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.